Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk of Vikings victory. That's right, the Minnesota Vikings start the season on the right foot, 23-7 to over the hated Green Bay Packers. We were just talking off air how we had pressure, pressure, pressure on old man Rodgers. He doesn't have a lot to pass to at this moment here. But, man, I mean, it was fun to see him over the time of the game just have to get rid of the ball, just get hit, not by just one guy, sometimes two, three guys. Overall, you know, it was just a fun, fun game to watch, especially as an opener. We know we have a, a Monday night game, going to have a short week the next week, and then go into London. We know we got divisional games. It's nice to get up on the Green Bay Packers. We'll see you at the end of the year. Um, just a great, great way to start. We got to see differences on both sides of the ball. We're definitely going to break that down more than we will break down drive by drive because there's so much to talk about when it comes to what we saw on both sides of the ball. Um, if this is your first time listening to this year Vikings podcast, the Purple People Leaders podcast, you can find it live streaming on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropa Dope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropa Dope and download the show directly there or listen to the browser. You can find it in a variety of places. You can find it under the Ropa Dope Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, um, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, uh, and a variety of other spots. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thecruelingtruth.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy. I got something for you. It's called DirecTV Stream. For a limited time only, the prices start as low as $49.99 for two months. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks without the additional fees. And if you upgraded the choice or ultimate package, that gives you three free months of Showtime, Stars, Cinemax, and Epics. That's DirecTV Stream. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host here on the pod five years in complimentary football, Aaron. That's what we've been talking about. We've talked about certain positions to be serviceable. Of course, the interior, offensive alignment. We're going to talk about a variety of stuff, but complimentary football. Hey, we'll do this. Can you do this? We'll do a little of that. Can you do that? We need you there. The punter, the kicker, like everybody kind of contributed beyond just the spectacular day by Justin Jefferson, which obviously stands above everything else. But, man, it was fun to see both sides of the ball be different. And, obviously, starting out on the right foot, something we haven't done since 2019, 1-0 against the Green Bay Packers, sir. Different and dynamic. I mean, both sides were different, and they were dynamic. And they – really showcased a lot of things that we had heard about in the offseason but weren't quite sure what we were going to see, and they kind of settled in and let us know exactly what it was, at least the direction that we're headed uh, for the rest of the season on both sides of the ball. Offense was a lot of motion, uh, pre-snap. You didn't see a lot of. Kirk's got a new cadence. There's uh, different, different, definite difference. Sorry, I stumbled upon those two words. 
um, definite difference in the play calling as far as run pass. I mean, we'll get into the, the difference in ratio later, but just to not go run, run, pass, run, run, pass, and get my defense out there. I mean, that's a big change in itself. And like I said to you, we just kind of sat on the couch and absorbed it all. Didn't get too high or too low, just kind of sitting there with my eyes wide open looking at the changes and, and the difference and just kind of what the sideline looked different. Everything looked different. And uh, speaking of something that's not different, if you want to check out the show on our Spricker page, it's at Living in Loserville. Uh, check it out there. I know a few of you do, and we're thankful for it. Um, but, yeah, Chris, they really came uh, out defensively was the first thing I wanted to highlight. It was just a different look, and not just the 3-4, because we had seen shades of the 3-4 before. But, you know, to have Zadarius, to have Hunter, to have Kendricks and Hicks, and to have those four linebackers and, and, the, and the defensive line, um, it was some new faces, some old faces. But, you know, it really was – uh, a difference, a noted difference in the overall tenor of that game. Yeah, I mean, the the three wide receivers set. Obviously, we opened the game with that offensive drive. We saw a lot more three wide receivers set. Um, Ham actually getting in the back, you know, being the fullback. We, we didn't know if there were going to be two tight ends a lot, but didn't seem like there was a lot of them. They showed that stat as far as the personnel stat you know, how higher it, it was during that game. And then, like you said, you know, the movement, the motion, not just uh, Jefferson, but just in general, the motion we saw. We saw a lot from, from other teams that have success on offense where a wide receiver will come on looking like it's a reverse. At some point, we'll probably give that reverse to somebody. But Jefferson alone, as far as, uh, you know, different positions he was at 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 the snap, uh, 42 of them. Uh, these are all his snaps. He actually lined up as a tight end once. He was in the backfield twice. He was in the slot 12 times and 42 times outside in seven different motions we saw from him too. And after the game, he was like, I want more motions, you know? Um, so that uh, just right away to go to our guy, Justin Jefferson, three times on that opening drive, it just felt good, and, and, you know, instead of the run-run pass, we had runs on first downs and second downs, but or passes on. See, it's even in my head. Subconsciously, I can't get it out of my system. Um, but we passed on first and 10, or even on second down, but especially first and 10. And, and we know last year we lost so many yards on first down rushing every time, and we had the third and longest. We had the most third down and longest out of anyone in the whole – uh, league last year so that was a breath of fresh air Aaron on that first drive and just in general um to just mix it up dude you know it doesn't always have to be run run pass from what I remember I think Cook had one carry on that first drive and just to come out first play of the game you hit Jefferson on a little out pattern and then you know you go down I think you run Cook there and then you you hit a Jefferson again on an out Thielen got a little something then you started hitting Mont a little bit. I mean, just started moving it around and just kind of taking what the defense is giving you. And I think they, the defense really didn't know what they were going to see. I think they watched a bunch of Rams tape and said, okay, this is probably some semblance of what we're going to see. But the way they moved Jefferson around to get him open in the slot, outside, um, on the linebacker, I think he got caught on a defensive end once. They just kind of moved in motion to get him open, which is something that, 
could have been done years ago, but I just don't think anybody had the, uh, the ingenuity to, to do it. Um, you know, the Kubiaks came in and they had their way of doing things. And, you know, Mike was an old school guy. So I think he wanted to go with what he felt comfortable with. And, uh, but you, when you have a weapon like Jefferson, you have Thielen to balance that up. If you have Cook in the backfield, you can use now as a, as a bit of a decoy or a threat, you know, because we've always said, Chris, you know, it's not the run itself. It's the threat of the run. And you have Cook is immediately the threat of the run. And so you don't really have to do a lot to establish the run because you have Delvin Cook. So play off that and throw the ball. And that's what they did. And, you know, we're going to see a lot of different nuances because we just saw the opening salvo of this offense, but from what I saw, I thought, well, this is a, a vast difference and, and it leaves so much room to grow in that vein. And now, like you said, you can start a reverse off something. You can pitch the ball on some of those motions. You can do a ton of things off that. And I just don't think they've shown their whole hand yet. And I think it's going to be pretty incredible if this ball keeps rolling the right way. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, and since Jefferson has been in the league 2020, on targets and catches, so the most targeted 61 times of uh, a 20-yard pass in the air first and catches first. And the dude just keeps piling up these crazy stats just in the game in general. Um, he actually had the PFF. He had a perfect uh, score, eight, obviously eight, 184 first uh, this week, five receptions of 15 yards or more first. Like I said, the perfect rating. And then just to pile it on a little bit more and just to bring in, you know, a little Randy Moss thing. Um, age 23 or younger in NFL history, most games with 150 yards receiving with that age, 23 or younger. Jefferson is tied with Mike Evans and Isaac Bruce with five. Randy Moss has six. I got news for you. Uh, JJ turned 23 in June. So he's 23 the whole year. My guess is he's going to have another 150-yard, uh, you know, receiving day. But either way, I mean, this kid just keeps on producing. And like you said, it was fun to see just what was open. You know, it doesn't always have to be the, the same old stuff. And we even saw senior Kubiak and junior Kubiak, how they played called. And you could say senior was actually more – you know, going a little bit more risky because we would go deep a little bit more. And, and, but we stayed with the play action, whereas it took us last year a while to get back to the play action. Cause for a while we were like fifth or sixth in attempts for a good chunk of the year. I think passing attempts, we finished 12th, but only 15th in, in rushing attempts. So that was, that was kind of a weird mix last year. Sometimes it really worked. Sometimes it didn't. But as far as aggression, it's not always. We got to throw it deep all the time. That doesn't mean you're being aggressive. It just means, hey, we're going to take this six yards, and it's going to be second and four. And then the playbook opens up. And when we talk about aggression after the game, Thielen was talking about, you know, he's ne these are the quotes. I've never been a part of an offense where you're just attacking, attacking, and attacking, no matter the score, no matter the situation. You can attack, like I said, so many different ways. And – what really did it for me was when it was 20 to 7, we talked about this off air where it's like, okay, they scored. Here we go. Let's see what the hell happens. There's plenty of time, 12 minutes or something in the fourth quarter. And they went down there and drove the ball. You know, they didn't, like I said, they didn't 
overdo it and throw the ball all over the place. But they took care of the ball, passed a little bit, went to Cook. You know, Cook and Matson, even Thielen made back-to-back plays on first down. So it was like, okay, now we'll get Thielen in. It looks like they're drawing more attention to Jefferson. I just thought that was big. 12 plays, 74 yards, five minutes, field goal drive. Yeah, you'd like to get the, you know, there's a decision there uh, on fourth down. But he said, you know what? We needed those points uh, on that drive. Thielen, uh, Cousins just ripped one to Thielen. Cook and Matson running really tough. And then J.J. had that leaping catch. Um, and the back-to-back pressures kind of slowed down that drive. But I just liked how we weren't going to, okay, let's just milk the clock. We're going to try to run the ball. If we can't, we'll punt it. That really showed me the first early stuff and then that, that uh, five-minute drive in the fourth quarter. And that really showed me a little bit of difference that, that we're going to see hopefully the whole year. Well, that's it. That's exactly it. I mean, that drive right there was the drive that generally has been a thorn in our side. The side, the drive to put the game away, or at least to put it out of reach. And it's just been a thorn in our side, particularly last season, because we had a lot of great drives last season. But when it came down to meaningful drives to end the game, I think maybe we had less than eight because we won eight games. So, I mean, that's the thing. And then you talk about feeling, I mean, this guy's, of course he's excited, man, because now next week you're damn sure Philly's going to have a plan for Jefferson. <laughs> right. So Thielen's going to be running all over the place. And then the next week they're going to have to cover these guys. And then when you finally cover both of them, you got Osborne to worry about. So there's a, it's just the pick your poison that we've always kind of hinted at. Wow. It'd be cool if we could do that, or it should be this way. We should have, we should be giving defenses fits because of Jefferson and Thielen and Cook and, you know, they're starting to swing him out of the backfield a little bit. Mm. And it's just like, where has this been? But at the same time, you know, it's always – we've had the players. Look, we've had the offensive players every year. We go to the draft. We say, we don't need skill position players. We have them. Right. We need offensive line, blah, blah, blah. But we never really think about how underutilized they were. And I think, you know, going into the off season. Where they, it was the competitive rebuild, you start to think, well, we got the same guys, and how, you know, should we just tear the whole thing down? And I was in the tear the whole thing down camp. But now I think there is some validity to, you know, keeping your weapons and just finding a new way to use them. Now, I'm not saying, you know, Zimmer and the Kubiaks were, you know, 1950s football, but you got to be 80s and up on that one. I mean, their offense was big with Terrell Davis and those guys when it really was effective back when running backs still were the the way you drove your offense. And that's just not the case anymore, I guess. And it's time to, to modernize. And, you know, you have the modern parts, you just didn't have the modern system. And now you've paired the modern system with the modern parts. And so far, week one, it was a booming success. Yeah, in the last year, last two years, really, the defense is the what was the problem there. A lot of that had to do with injury. And it, it did kind of suck as a – stud defensive coach to have those type of defenses you know we, we see the difference right i mean i remember talking to you a second ago you talk about the screen batted down hunters up like, oh, yep there he is that's right in the off season bringing in solid vets i mean there's a couple of them that shine in general especially on defense obviously um so yeah a lot of positivity no doubt about it now we're also talking about this aaron that 
obviously things tend to go to the extreme. So if we would have lost, it'd be like, oh, see, I told you, blah, blah, blah. And now people are trying to figure out what the, what the parade route is going to be in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, you know, let's take it in stride. Like you said, it's just nice to get off, not just to want to know, but Green Bay in the division with this weird schedule that's going to be upon us. Now, we've talked a lot of positives, some negatives. Um, it's kind of funny because – you know, you obviously, we talked about this last week, too. You can't, you know, Ed Ingram, you can't go devour him uh, for his pass blocking just yet. You know what I mean? The pass blocking, he got juked. He got, you know, he he, he didn't have a great – him and Bradbury yeah, – He got old laid. I mean, did you see he that one where he didn't even touch the guy? Yeah, yeah, he got a little bit of everything. It's like, welcome, you know, welcome to the, to the league. However, his run blocking, and it's funny – he was like the sixth – I just looked it up. He was like the sixth first guard for uh, passing. And I think for pass – or, yeah, for pass uh, protection in, in Bradbury, I think was the second worst at center. But when you look at, um, you know, his numbers passing or rush blocking, it was so good that it actually made him the fourth highest graded guard in the league for the week because it was an 87.4, which is insane. Uh, just overall, but the run, like his, like he picked up a couple blocks that I'm pretty sure was supposed to be Bradbury because he was doing that looking around thing. Anytime a guy's looking around and you're an offensive lineman, especially interior, you know you don't have a block. And uh, he literally picked up a guy that I'm pretty sure was supposed to be Bradbury's. He's like, no, I got this. So as a run blocker, my goodness gracious, Ed Ingram is the real deal. We're gonna give him some time in the pass uh, protection department. But, yes, those were kind of the two things that stood out, uh, center and right guard, when it came to actually protecting the quarterback. However, we were getting the ball out quicker. Um, and not just just throw it quick, you know. No, the, the routes were shorter. We were throwing it shorter, but out in space and, you know, and, and – uh, Cook almost had a break where it would have been a big pickup. And same with Jefferson, one-on-one near the end of the game. He almost broke a tackle, and that would have been a big game too, especially if he stayed in bounce. Speaking of that, Cook should stay in bounce, right, at the end of yeah. the game. But um, those are really the two negatives. And we already kind of knew that that was probably going to be a negative coming in. So it's really not that crazy. And, and there was – everyone talks about the one play, the deep bomb, that he stepped up. You know what, though? We can credit Cousins there, no doubt about it, but there was an actual pocket to step up into. So it was like, okay, I make a little maneuver. Look at I got open grass. I'm chucking it deep. He didn't have to, you know, we know he's got a great arm. So that was great, not just on Cousins. A lot of people talk about, oh, he, he stepped up. Yeah, there was something to step up to. There was open grass there, and that's all you need is a little bit. Uh, instead of bribery, just getting dumped right off the bat, so that takes away your step up right away. So. If that's the only thing that we have to complain about, we're in pretty good hands so far. Yeah, that's the, you know, he just needed that extra second for, for Jefferson to break free. but And he did. He stepped up, and he had somewhere to step up. It was clear. But, you know, I've always been a fan of the parade route, Chris. you got to go down Lake Street and then right across the bridge onto Marshall Avenue, <laughs> right through Minneapolis. Staple. Nonetheless, um, yeah, Ingram, Bradbury, Bradbury, you know, there was a couple highlights there, or should I say lowlights there, where, yeah, he's looking around, or he's got half a guy, he's got some guy's arm he's grabbed onto, and you're like, I got an arm, coach. 
<laughs> so I'm willing to bet Ingram picked up a few of those guys yesterday. Um, but he, you know, he had his, he took his lumps. He, that one guy he gave him a little juke move. I think it was uh, Clark gave him a little juke and he fell for it and got right into cousins. But like I said, that I think Ingram's thing is fixable. Bradbury's a whole nother topic. It's the weight. I don't know if he's got it, but you know, they, look, it's week one. You never know what's going to get fixed or not fixed. I got a little more faith in, in the offensive line than I did. You know, Ingram's just got to, you know, you got to think these are bigger, faster, stronger guys coming at you with, you know, regular McClark's season force. Right? So, I mean, I, I'm willing to give Ingram a mulligan on, but run blocking, they did incredibly well. I thought it was a little tight uh, first half, uh, sure. but I thought, you know, it, it, towards the end of the game, wearing them down, Cook certainly managed to, and Madison managed to actually get some chunk plays out of it, which which was nice. And, you know, you're not running Cook 30 times a game anymore, and you're not running Madison uh, when you're not running Cook. So that's going to help Cook a lot. And like you said, when he starts swinging him out of the backfield as a passing option, it's just going to be ridiculous. And um, So, yeah, I think that's my negative there uh, offensively. Um, I think there's probably a little rust on him, but we, which we can't see because everything's new and different. But, um, you know, they didn't play it all in the preseason, so they got to shake off a little bit of rust, I would think, too. So it'll get smoother. Kirk will get smoother. Uh, I was really impressed with him yesterday. Just looked like he had a better command of everything that was going on. And, um, you know, he made the throws he needed to make. Everybody knew he could make the throws. It's just when he makes them, how he makes them. And I thought he did a really great job of focusing his targets on Jefferson and then going to his other reads if Jefferson wasn't available. So I really like the offensive land. And like I said, the, or like you said, the negatives are pretty much the neg- one negative we expected and another negative, which can probably be fixed pretty quickly in Ingram once he gets his feet under him. Yeah. And he shined as a run blocker majorly. I mean, he'd help somebody and then go get a, a safety or linebacker. Like he really was a great run. I mean, this guy, is a difference maker right then and there with the run. So you can build upon that. And like I said, we, we, we're getting the ball out a little quicker. We're, we're having some short routes available, and it's not just Ham, um, you know, or the second tight end. It's unless he's wide open, and it's going to be a first down. So that plays into it, too. There was a couple times where Cousins is used to getting pressure. <laughs> you know, that's no news, right? That, that fucking happens all the time. But he did, you know, either get rid of the ball or was able to complete it, just getting rid of it quick. And there was an option there, not just Ham out of the backfield. Defensively, mm. they played with violence. I mean, yes. that was a throwback defense as far as the Zimmer era where you're like, oh, wow. Like how many – was that three or four people in on that sack? Uh, the pressure, 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 uh, minor negatives, we'll get into them, but just seeing the lineup, seeing Zedarius line up all over the place, uh, seeing Hunter line up on different sides, didn't really play under the center guard that much. That's probably going to be Zedarius, especially he's used to doing it, but that front seven in general, it was a little strange seeing the corners, both corners that far off, and then the safety's up close. It, it was kind of fun to watch you know like you said we had seen shades of three four uh with zimmer but not this fully like yeah dude wow um man it that was fun and and like i said that pressure and we didn't have to blitz a lot 
We didn't. And, I, I, you know, beyond the obvious of, you know, Zadarius's pressure and Hunter and the rotation at the outside linebackers, and we're genuinely four deep there. Um, and the corners, I thought, held up decently well. But my biggest surprise was uh, Jordan Hicks, and he's a hard hitter. I didn't think he was a hard hitter. You know, Kendricks has this way of hitting where I wouldn't call him a hard hitter, but he gets the guy to the ground. And, right. you know, Hicks has got the same kind of speed, I think the same kind of mind, but he hits a little bit harder. And it was nice to see 58 just go out there and, and lay the wood on people. I mean, I think that's something you, you just haven't seen. Even Barr wasn't a big hitter. So to compliment Kendricks and his style, you know, you have you have Hicks. And, uh, you know, he's not the world's greatest linebacker, but I liked – the violence he played with, I liked that he, when he gets to the ball, he gets to the ball and you notice it. And I think those two are a great combination inside his middle linebackers there in that system. So I think that's great. I thought Cam had a great game because you didn't notice him besides the fact that he went out injured for a second there. Um, it just seemed yeah, like his side was, his side was just quiet, you know, and you didn't really even notice Peterson much because I think I noticed him come up on a run support once and then, you know, the play that got – the pass that got dropped, he, you know, he might want to have that one back, but thank God the kid didn't catch it. So I, I think that was it. I, my negatives here, swinging into negatives, I – really just the inside of that line, and I think a lot of that has to do with with just these guys haven't played together. Tomlinson, Phillips, um, Lynch has been around for a hot minute, but, you know, he's getting a few snaps here and there. Uh, Bullard. I think they need to just kind of gel a little bit more because we gave up, what, six and a half yards a run. That's not good. But you're also facing uh, Dylan, who's a big thick Yeah, they dude. love to run the ball, that's for sure. And he's coming down here. You're going to get sick of tackling that guy sooner or later. I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I think that had a little bit to do with, with that. So I just think really, you know, run defense is my real only negative there that I could see. I'm sure there's others that, you know, got past my eyes, but. Uh, the glaring one to me was run defense. Well, and it was up and down on the line because, you know, that goal line stance, you know, beyond Harrison. And by the way, Harrison Smith is not too old just yet, as he showed a couple different times. Great pick uh, on one-on-one. I just out-jumped you, timed it better. And then that tackle he made uh, with, I think, was it the running back? I think it was Dylan. I don't know, somebody out there, he made a great, uh, you know, goal line touchdown saving tackle, and that set up for, you know, I think that was third down. And fourth down, it was Phillips who uh, switched real quick, filled the hole, had two guys on him, made the play. I think uh, Tomlinson and, and I think it was Hicks that came from the side too. And just to get two turnovers, one pick, one fumble, where there was literally four, three or four guys that met. I think Hicks hit the actual the offensive lineman hard too trying to hit uh Rogers. Like you said, he he definitely could lay the wood. But um and then two turnover on downs. Right in the both of them in the end zone basically, right? Right at the goal line and then at the end of the at the end of the game. So um they were a bend, but they sure didn't break when push comes to shove. So I, I liked what I saw, you know, having Tomlinson I just assumed off of his weight he'd be in the middle. But they have him on the right side mostly. And when you have Zedarius going underneath the guard or center, all of a sudden you see Thompson from the angle getting pressure. And neither, you know, he didn't get a sack, 
but he got it several pressures, and that just tells you, like, dude, wow, that that's kind of interesting because he's so damn big, but he did show a little bit of that last year. Um, but I like what I saw on certain plays, but you're right. There was some chunk plays on the ground that definitely, you know, was like, all right, we still got to worry about our run defense, no doubt. And I did, like you said, Patrick Peterson, he didn't maybe make the tackle, but there was a couple times, because, you know, when an old corner, you know, they start making business decisions, and you just start, you're slower. Um, he'd get blocked, but he'd fill up the block and take his man to where someone could, you know, make the tackle. So I did like, like you said, I did like not just our linebackers who are both tackling machines on the inside. I did like the corner and safety play there, especially the corners making those tackles. I liked what I saw of that. The corners just got the job done. Like you said, they were just solid beyond, you know, getting toasted. That one play by Peterson, but just a great performance. I'll say this for a little bit. Hicks was a little up and down because for a little bit, they were targeting him with the running back out of the backfield. Um, And he got, I think it was like, eight targets or something, and he did actually give up, like, seven of those catches or something like that, but he made plays back, and it was, like, two drives where they exploited it, but then all of a sudden they didn't anymore, and so that was really, really fun to see him, like you said, attack like that, but yeah, if you look at, so interior defensive linemen, because that's basically in a 3-4, they're all interior in a sense, but um, defensive linemen, Tomlinson, Aaron Donald, like his pass run win rate has never been below 25% since 2017. He was 27.8. But the the fourth, or tied, I guess tied for third, uh, was Tomlinson, 25% of his pass uh, win rates. I mean, that that's huge in, in for the for the actual um, for the week. So that that's that's pretty big uh, when we can get pressure from a different a variety of places. And overall, when you look at Rodgers, speaking of defensive, first interception versus a North opponent since December 29th, 2019, versus at Detroit, 395 pass attempts, which was crazy. And then, um, yeah, it was 38 straight. What was it? Streak is 38 INT without an INT. I mean, this. This, that was crazy. I, I couldn't believe it was that long. And then they even flashed that, like, for 15 games, he turned the ball over twice. And in this game, you know, he had turned the ball over, obviously, twice. So that that was nice, uh, no doubt about it. And, of, and another thing about the defense, okay, because we're going to, thanks to Stat Muse, we're going to have to check this out. The Minnesota Vikings gave up zero points in the final two minutes uh, of a half for the first time since 2020. Um, and so we didn't give up the points, you know, last two, and even if you put it to the last four minutes of the second, and obviously the the, the final, the fourth quarter, um, that was a big, big plus, Aaron, to not make him feel better heading in the, in the half and obviously, you know, ruining the game at times for us down the stretch in the fourth quarter. That was big alone right there. It was, and, you know, that's a, a little-known part of the game. I shouldn't say little-known, but a, a less-thought-of part of the game that uh, yesterday that, you know, shouldn't go unnoticed. It's it's important, and, you know, like you said, I sit on the couch, and you're kind of just like, wow, 
you want to wait for that other shoe to drop and you get, you know, Rogers gets the ball back. You're like, okay, is this basically going to go down here? Cause he always has and he always will. And no, no, he didn't, you know, and it's just refreshing to have a change in that, in that dialogue. And you were saying about Harrison Smith as well. I think, you know, he really played a, a quiet game. He had the interception, um, a few really good tackles pass breakup. So I guess he wasn't quiet, but it's just good to see him kind of, asserting himself defensively and shining like he did. Um, Kendricks as well uh, made a big play. He always makes that big play against Rodgers. Every game, whether we win or lose, he's going to make a big play against Rodgers. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of guys made some quiet plays and some big plays. And, you know, Tomlinson, it seems like he's stout enough to hold up. I just don't know if we have another defensive tackle to go with him. I mean, we've got some guys to try, Blacklock, Bullard, Lynch, we might need to find someone else and maybe we're still in the market for a certain one. We don't know, but I think they're going to rotate anyway. So it's not like any guy's going to get a bunch of snaps. And, and that's the thing with the rotation, Chris is like you're rotating the linebackers, you're rotating the, the defensive line. So now you're, you know, you got fresh bodies in the fourth quarter and you know, Zimmer had a tendency to, I like this guy, trust this guy, this guy's going to play 60 minutes for me and you're not getting him out of the game. And, you know, and a lot of guys probably got tired, and that's why you got one theory as to why you were getting scored on at the end of the half and the end of the game a lot, just guys being gassed. But um, that doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Um, I really love the outside linebackers, just to finish off my defensive points. It looks like they're four deep. Um, you're getting great rush out of Jones. You're getting great rush out of uh, Wanham, and you might even have another one down under those guys that, might even be able to play. So, you know, you that want those guys to Wanham. stay. That close on DJ. Whew. Yeah. That was nasty. It was. And quick. And he hit hard. I thought for sure he was going to get a couple more yards, you know? I thought for sure he's going to get a penalty for landing on him. Yeah, you're right. It was a little high. But, hey, yeah. call it. But, I, guess. I guess so. But, yeah, so it's going to be violent all year with those guys. And, you know, injuries could come into play, but I think you have enough bodies there to – at least keep you successful defensively, and that's good to know. You know, would you like to have Daniel all season? Absolutely. Would you like to have Zedarius all season? Absolutely. I mean, that would just be deadly. And let's hope that continues. But I don't think you're going to drop off all that much if one goes out and knock on wood, and God forbid, both go out. Yeah. And we are four. What is it? Four, four, three, and one against the Packers. Um. Or no, maybe that's – I can't remember because we did lose last year. We got our That was the one game we got our ass kicked because uh, we had the backup quarterback who's not on the team anymore. Where was he at? He's not even on the practice squad. That, that feels good to say. Um, anyway, I did like how, you know, Cook, Matts, and Thielen, uh, some of the vets produced down the stretch of the game. And they did. When we needed it, they, they were starting to really lock up J.J. a little. I say a little bit because it's hard to lock him up. <laughs> and another thing, speaking of locking him up, you know how we get a good co- – you know, it's every other year with a coordinator, right? Every other year, oh, this right. is a good one. Oh, he's gone, head coach. Well, guess who's not going to be able to leave, <laughs> you know? The head coach, right? We finally <laughs> have a guy that's calling the plays that it can't leave unless he's a garbage coach. He's gonna, or not garbage coach, but, you know, unless he loses a bunch and then they'll fire him. But he ain't going anywhere. He's not going anywhere, and Jefferson right now 
is just teasing right now. I mean, this guy is like, dude, I'm going to get to 2,000 yards one of these years. And this hire is the right hire, one, and two, just to keep Jeff. Right now, Ziggy's like, all right, so how long? how long is the extension going to be? Not if we're going to. How long is this? Okay, so rec- what would make it record money where no one could ever touch it again? But most of it's Ziggy Dummy. Okay, cool. We're gonna. I mean, this guy. We just signed the head coach. We signed. We just signed Jefferson to a to a, a an extension off of this hire. I mean, he is cheesing, dude. He is just. Oh, it's so. Oh, it's such a great hire just for Jefferson alone because we're gonna be able to keep him now. There's not going to be the, I don't get the ball, I don't get this. And not even, he hasn't been like that. Diggs is more vocal. Some guys are vocal, some guys are not. When there's no crowd, he's vocal, right? But everybody's vocal when there's no crowd, right? A lot of people made that that stuff when he yelled, hey, Kirk, throw the ball, you know. That stuff happens throughout the whole damn, you know, the whole damn game. We just could hear him that year in 2020. But, man, that is, I don't think people realize how big that is. Not only are we in the modern-day football uh, offensively now, uh, we are able to sign Jefferson. Well, Chris, can we uh, can we get that contract down tomorrow morning before it starts to get real expensive? Yep. You know, just yep. get. You know, yep. I mean, print that thing it. up tonight and just you know get that thing down on the on the table tomorrow. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're gonna before. need. To, we're gonna have to. We should do it like the USC coach. First of all, buy him a house on Lake Minnetonka. That's something separate, no cap money. Sure. Um, and just a bunch of Ziggy money, dude. Keep the clock, you know, the cap somewhat friendly number, but the the, the real money, uh, he just has to stay on the roster for that. And he's so young that, you know, he's not going to be 30 anytime soon. So, yeah, I agree. We got to get that thing worked out. Uh, but you can just see he's super happy, and, and that's good. And like you said, going back to that complimentary football. Well, you know, here's the thing, Chris. I, I, brought it up, I brought it up earlier, and it's like, okay. Jefferson went off this game, right? So they're going to adapt. Philly's going to have a plan, and then Adam's going to have one of those games, right? And then they're going to go into the next week, and they're going to say, week three, it'll be about how do you stop them both, you know? And they figure out some genius plan, and then KJ's got seven catches for 109 yards and two touches. So then now you're you're where you want to be in the season. You want to have – they don't, they've got to you know, bracket certain times. They're going to have to get really get into formation, really get into, you know, the weeds about how to stop these guys. And that's when Cook swings out of the backfield. That's when no one's keeping an eye on Kirk slipping out of the pocket. That's when all the stuff starts to just kind of uh, fractal or out is into this offense. And that's the thing I'm encouraged to see is like, okay, so they're going to bracket the hell out of Jefferson. They're not going to, you know, they don't want, particularly the Eagles don't want to see his face anywhere near that stadium, you know, due to the Jalen right. Rager stuff. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to deal with this guy. And, you know, Thielen's not a slouch, man. Thielen's a damn good receiver and he will get three touchdowns. If you, you don't watch yeah. him, that guy right. will have a, that guy will have 180 yards and three touchdowns quicker than shit. So, you know, that's going to be cool. And like you said, we haven't even seen him unload the, or unveil the, uh, the Delvin Cook component in the passing game. Yep. That's a whole different, that's Elvin Kamara-ish type of stuff going on there. So it's going to be, you know, keep this thing on track. Offensively, it's just going to be a really hard offense to to defend. And that's what we knew was this offense and these players were capable of, but we just hadn't seen. 
right, and you can't stick to a system where you're like, dude, our interior fucking sucks. Let's try something else, you know, like, and that's what I liked about it. Yeah, Kirk got hit eight times. <laughs> he got plenty of pressure, but they they worked around it, dude. They worked around it, and uh, yeah, man, I, I'm really happy about it, no doubt about it. It's it's uh it's fun. It, it is definitely gonna make the year fun. Now, going on the road on Monday night, Philadelphia coming off a win where Detroit was trying, trying, trying to to pull to do that. To, to win that game, um, I, I saw this great tweet uh, about Detroit. Like, if you were, you know, if you weren't here for the three and eleven season, don't come for the six and eleven season, bro. You know, something <laughs> like that, or like yeah. three and fourteen. Yeah. Don't don't be here now if we go six and eleven, bro. You know, just messing around <laughs> uh, because you know that's what Detroit. That's well, Chris, I can't tell. I watched them yesterday. I watched the off season. Is Detroit good? I just can't tell. Are they getting better or are they not? I was like, I, I'm under the impression that, yeah, they're going to be an improved team. Yeah. And then you, you know, so, and I only use that as a gauge to say, you know, how good are the Eagles? If they're, yeah, exactly. If you're in a shootout with Detroit, are you a good team or are you, you know, in a shootout with a bad team? That's why I just kind of lost in the whole thing. I'm like, are, is Detroit improved? If they are improved, that means the Eagles are improved and so on and so forth. Yeah, and with the quarterback Hurts, you know, he um, is a like the yards per throw attempt. You know, sometimes he won't take a bunch of, you know, attempts. Sometimes he will be in the 30s and 40s. Kind of makes up, you know, how, how the game goes. But they were over 200 yards last week rushing, um, which obviously he, he brings that the combo there. They also gave up a buck eighty-one, and Swift is a stud. Don't get me wrong. Um, they also gave up a buck eighty-one on the on the ground. So, part of what you're talking about as we pre start this preview, okay? You want to bracket Jefferson? You want to do all that? Well, we got the wide receivers, like you said. You went through the whole list, and that's totally. But there's also means how many people are in the box then? Oh, right, oh, there's right. oh, oh. You mean it's okay? Well, we're gonna run behind Ingram for Christ's sake. You know, like I'm telling, like. I think this will be a bigger run game, maybe a short pass out of the backfield game. Because uh, like you said, the, the, the Cook thing, you could just see flashes of it. Um, and we didn't even depend on him until the fourth quarter, like we were mentioning. So, um, but, yeah, it's, it's kind of feast or famine with Hurt. He'll still throw up some balls where you're like, ooh, what was that? Or have an, you know, have an outing where you're like, oh, man, it, they were just so keen on him. And, and who's, who's, who's he got to throw the ball? Okay, he's good. Up at, you know, whatever. So to me, um, this is I want to see how we go against a guy that can really move, but then also hit you up when he makes plays. Like I said, it's up there. It's like top five, top six, in uh, you know attempts yardage. He he really lets it fly when it's available. But when you give up that many rushing yards and you're worried about Jefferson that much, I do think we're going to run the ball better this week uh, overall. And you make a good point, like. 38, 35, how good are they? You know, I mean, damn, it, it was on the road, so that's one thing. But, yeah, this is these early seasons, I mean, it's it's even more that way in college. But you, you're right, you just can't get too far too up. The over-under is set at 51.5. We are a same thing last week, except we're on the road, plus 1.5, uh, you know, so minor underdog but really a pick'em game because you're supposed to have three three and a half points 
at home. So it's basically a pick em game. Vegas does have Philly a little favorite there. Um, what's your feeling on this one? Because, you know, we get the extra day. It is on the road. It is Monday night. Um, I don't know. I, part of me wants to say, yeah, we're going to win this. The other part is, you know, are we enough glued together, especially like you said, the interior defensive line on defense to stop a guy like Hertz who maybe in week six, he's not going to be able to do that to us, but can he just make enough plays with his feet and his arms along with their strong run game uh, to kind of, I guess, overpower us or just keep the ball away from our offense in Jefferson, uh, Jefferson. Yeah, I'm a little torn, just like you. I, you know, it goes back to how good is Detroit? What did we see on Sunday? Um, Philly's gonna be good. They're not a terrible team. Um, AJ Brown had a hell of a game. Um, Hertz looked improved, but again, that's against Detroit's defense, and we just don't know how good that defense is. Um, and Hertz is a good player, and you're right, he can make big plays. And um, the running game, Sanders seems to be an effective back, and they did, you know, get some yards on it. So. Yeah, I think defensively from that side of the ball, it's going to be a challenge. But then again, we're in the three, four. We have the fast outside linebackers contain. Is it going to be a big deal with Hertz and make him sit in the pocket and make him beat you uh, by throwing to AJ Brown or to uh, Dallas Goddard or whoever it is he's going to throw the ball to. Um, and offensively, I, I just don't know what they, they have a good rush pass rush. Uh, they being Philly. Uh, so they can probably do some damage to our offensive line, or at least I won't say exposed, but maybe a couple players will get exposed. So I think, you know, that real quick, not to interrupt. Uh, they did lose Derek Barnett. They're, they're probably their best the defensive end. They, they lost him. He's not going to play. Keep going. Sorry. No, okay. Feather in our cap, I guess. But, uh, he's, you know, I think defensively we'll probably contain Hurts, and like I said, the, the goal will be to st- keep him in the pocket and make him throw the ball. And look, if he can beat you going 33 of 40, then, you know, that's great. But they're going to run the ball at us, so run defense is going to be a thing. Look, uh, bottom line here to me, your Monday night, you are uh, – my dog's barking right now. Uh, hey, it was perfect. It happened at the last – you know, at the end of the pod. Last, it's going to yeah. be tradition. Like your Monday nights, you're going to hear the Kirk win on Monday. And they dispelled some of those rumors uh, last year, but I think I think we're going to win this one, Chris. I think I think we're going to win it. I think it's going to be a little lower scoring than we think. Um, probably, if I had to give it a call, 23-17, something like that. Maybe just like the game we played. Um, I don't expect us to score a heck of a lot of points, but enough to win. And I think we'll hold them, like I said, down to probably less than 20 points. So I like. I like the Vikings in this one on the road Monday night. And, uh, you know, I don't know what that says against the spread. I wasn't, I didn't really remember what you said, but yeah, I like the Vikings by three or three to six. Um, so today KO in the, in the press conference said, uh, Andrew Booth Jr. Who got shook up. It's not long-term. Um, and he thinks he'll be able to play. He hopes uh, he's going to play for the Eagles. So the hope and think and all that, well, who knows? But they did say the young um, body stacker, I like to call him, because that's what he likes to do in that clip. Uh, the young safety, rookie safety out of that uh, that Georgia Bulldog uh, program, he is expected to play. He kind of tweaked his knee 
but he had that going on prior, so he kind of just tweaked it. Another thing is, this is from Shane Hoff on Twitter. The Eagles allowed 2.9 yards per carry when Jordan Davis was on the field. They allowed 10 yards per carry when he was off the field. So, what's that tell you? He needs to be on the field probably, right? Um, And then we're talking interior, right? And although we may have less in the box, what is in the box is a big body. (laughs) And uh, Bradbury, big body, those don't go hand in hand. I don't care if you put on 5, 10, 50, I don't know how many pounds. They say 15 pounds. I don't know. I'm a little, I don't know. I'm going 24-23 Philly to win the game. Ooh. You know, Philly 24-23, like you said, I, I am going under the spread. I, you know, when I first was thinking about it yesterday, I had it uh, 28-27 Philly, but the more I thought about it today, and then just kind of, I had two uh, scores down, and I kind of thought, you know, it's probably going to be under the spread because we are going to run more, it will be more ball contained, and time on the clock and all that, and then hearing you say more about it, it kind of was like, yeah, I'm with you. I think it will go under the the, the 50, uh, 50 and a half or whatever it is for the over and under. But I have Philly winning 24 to 23. Um, yeah. So let's see what happens. Our Gophers uh, did what they're supposed to do. One thing we know about this season, there will be no bowling green type loss because we got our two supposedly supposed to be last year. Easy games, easier tune-up games. You get the bodies in there. Um, I like that they were – not only were they stunting the hell out of us, so it gives – it's kind of like a scout team thing, but mm-hmm. also they um, – I mean, they were trying to take away the run, clearly, clear as mm-hmm. day. And I liked how they passed. And it sounds so funny, but, you know, as we know, you know, besides the uh, Air Force, Navy, and – uh Army, we were that's how high we were in attempts for rushing last year. So it was a, it was refreshing to see like, hey, wow, we're passing there when we should be passing. Um, that Jordan Howell made a crazy interception. That was nice. And then I think Mo now eleven consecutive games with a hundred yard rushing. He is. I mean, talk about yards after the catch. This dude. Is just a stud. So they're going against Colorado at home. They should take care of business. But it is nice. At least we're going to a power five. Um, and then obviously we got to get this dub to be able to be, you know, three and zero heading into at Michigan State in two weeks. Yeah, you got to get this dub, Chris, because Iowa lost, Wisconsin lost, uh, everybody that needed to lose Nebraska lost. Coach Nebraska fired. coach fired. Uh, so you need to get this dub against Colorado. Another scrimmage. Yeah, the 62, whatever scrimmage, you're right. But, you know, they're probably. I lost your volume. Maybe it's on my side. I don't know if you can hear me. I can't hear you. Fine. Well, I just said that if, if there, if we, because we're throwing the ball, and if we had thrown the ball, we would have beat Bowling Green, and there wouldn't have been a Bowling Green to begin with. So that's, you know, that's a plus, and that's probably Kirk Chiraca back. And like you said, they did try to stop the run. Mo didn't have an incredible day, but Mo and Potts, you know, did what they needed to do. Um, Colorado's not a great squad, which is kind of sad. 
but um, you know, you got to get out here and you got to, you can't be giving up any games this year. It's just the way things are set up now. It's just, you got to win out. You got to win the games. You got to win. Right. And I know Michigan state next week is going to be a test, but you got to beat Colorado. No more dropping games that you shouldn't drop. That just can't happen. Not at this stage of the program. And, you know, I, I like defensively what's going on, but you like like you said, you pointed out a lot of bodies. That's going to start to settle into your to your rotation here soon, and you're going to start seeing the same uh, guys that can that can play. But it is nice to get out of the the non conference, and if you can get out unscathed and get into the meat of the season, um, it really strange though, Chris. Those early losses for Wisconsin and Iowa are just shocking to me. Um, Especially at home. I mean, the Iowa State, I get. That's different because that's a rivalry. Sure. But um, makes they were more favored sense. by 15 or 17 Wisconsin at home. And they ran the shit out of the ball. They had the ball for like 40 minutes. They that's what they did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it just sets you up in a really good position now to go in and have a heck of a season. So you don't want to let that fall. And I guess impressive was throwing the ball. I thought Tanner, the long passes were surprising because you just don't see a lot of them. Um, I even thought the second string kid, I, his name, Gallic Manis, I think is his name, something like that. Had a great, yeah, yep. had a great pass. Looks like you know, the program's in pretty good hands if Tanner decides to stay for his 12th year. Um, but yeah, I mean, so far it's kind of like, you know, that, Nothing new under the sun. They're doing the same things, you know, just uh, maybe a little bit better. Uh, Mo doesn't seem, is it me, or he just doesn't seem to be back to full Mo yet, but he's he's coming around to it. Just maybe he's not as there. violent to me as That's he was. That's why I like the way this schedule's set up this year, because you're right. Same with Trey Potts. He looks a little fresher, but you're right. They They both are kind of getting the rust off. And so, yeah, one more scrimmage. I mean, I don't know what the spread is on the Colorado game, but uh, like last year we beat them like 30 to nothing. Now that that's last year, of course, and PJ right. says we're one and one in the Western yeah, yeah, Kentucky season so, or Western <laughs> Illinois, as it were. But, right. yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing to me, Chris, is you can't drop any mulligans this year. You cannot give up that one game. And, you know, to top it off, I just was reminded of this when I was watching the broadcast that it was – Bowling Green at home on homecoming. <laughs> and you're, it, you're a great program, so that just can't happen. So let's make sure that doesn't happen this week. I like the Gophers, obviously. Um, I think they're going to win. And then, you know, we can really start talking Big Ten and start talking a meaningful season because the, the Big Ten opponents will be lined up. Yep. And kind of per usual – uh, since P.J. Fleck got here, at least since 2019, the West is open. It's open. And whoever can put a competent offense between Iowa, Wisconsin, and in the Gophs, uh, Northwestern just lost home at, uh, to Duke, and they were a 10-point favorite. Um, Purdue could put up points on that side, but they're in shootouts. So it's like, hmm. I don't know, you know, they, they, they're going to win some games uh, by scoring points because, you know, they got a quarterback, they can throw the ball around. It's not like they got a horrible defense because they don't. But, yeah, I mean, it's really just competent, solid. We all know that we're all going to, you know, most of us could be able to run the ball. Um, it's just making those key passes. And you're right, I agree. Down the field passing and, and just going for it, kind of like we are talking about the bikes, run, run, pass. 
hey, pass once in a while, first and ten. We got a go-to wide receiver. Let's do it, you know. So and then help obviously in the wide receiver bunch. Um, yeah, man, I'm seeing a lot of positivity. But like you said, we're gonna find out once uh, the week ten season goes. All right. Uh, so how do you want to do next Monday? Do you, do mm. you want to do a post game or do we want to push it uh, sometime during the week uh, past Monday night? I just thought about that. Monday we night football will probably be done by 1030. Sure. Let's just go fresh off the game. We might be a little knee-jerk at that point, uh, ladies and gentlemen, but it will be fresh, fresh off the fresh <laughs> off the couch. So, um, well, Also, I want to – I'll make sure I'm live then. I'll make, I'll make sure I'm live then. Good deal. And I also want to say, hey, I'm not overlooking Colorado. Please don't please don't think that I am um, just because, you know, I don't want to look forward to the Big Ten season and overdo it. And then next week I got to say, well, we thought, you know, that you could right. just suck. And, uh, yeah, and then Illinois, Chris, I want to bring that up quick. They look a little bit better. And I think that might be the, that might be the hump we got to get over. Uh, just don't drop another one to Illinois. Yeah, and that's another one where, uh, you know, three or four completed passes, you know, and we probably win that freaking game. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. All right, we'll be back post-game Monday night football, Vikes, Phillies. Let's get it done and be 2-0. Peace. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.